Buckle up, kids, because the Grunge Bible Podcast is back once again with another hard-hitting episode of Grunge Rock. My name is Chris Salona, and I'm with Ethan Shalloway, and I'm pretty jacked up to be here, Ethan. Hell yeah, dude. I'm pretty jacked <laughs> off. I mean, jacked up to be hell here yeah, as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, Wednesday night, hump day. Um, you know, I'm I'm really happy to be sitting here talking with you, Chris. This is yep. great. It's pretty good. Episode 134, uh, recording on Wednesday, as you said, October 11th, 2023. <clears throat> yeah, it's perfect. Um, yeah, man, I feel good. Uh, I'm getting a jump in the gun. I guess you didn't ask me, but Chris, how, I always want to know how you, yeah, no, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Um, had a, uh, had the holiday weekend this past weekend. I went out to the state of Iowa where I lived for five years. Uh, went to a wedding. Uh, my good buddy Austin tied the knot. Uh, congratulations to him. He is a, a king of our day. He's, he's a kings of our time. You know, he's, man he's one of, of the time. leaders. Exactly. He's a man of his time and place. Uh, so that was good. Came back, uh, hitting this week pretty hard. Uh, I just had my, uh, earlier this afternoon, I had my annual performance review for my full-time job because as we know, Grunge Bible is not a full-time entity. Um, no. And I crushed it, dude. I hit a dinger. I'm like Bryce Harper, you know, in the in the postseason, just dropping tanks, you know, upper deck. So that, mm -hmm. that felt really good. And, you get a raise? Uh, uh, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. So they, they oh, take, they take the results of the, uh, the review cycle. Um, and then they go and they, they talk amongst themselves and then, you know, they divvy up the funding. So hopefully, uh, I think I should be getting, getting a little something. So I'm excited for that. I feel, makes me feel good. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. It's no, no better feeling to get paid more to do the same amount of work, you know? Exactly, man. Maybe, so, you, maybe you'll get some more work, but I'll probably get some more work. Hopefully just more money. Yeah, hopefully just more money. So, um, Ethan, episode 134, uh, this comes at a good time in the calendar, good time in our lives, because we get to revisit a very special album, which is turning 30 a um, couple days before the episode comes out. But as we sit here and record uh, tomorrow, actually, it's uh, it's the anniversary. So we're going to be commemorating the 30th anniversary of Versus Pearl Jam's sophomore album, which came out on October the 12th. 1993 so we've got 30 years of that um we've got a couple of different things that we're going to dispense with ahead of time uh and i think the first of which would be we have to thank some people is that correct we do and we have a new one a new patreon supporter so we definitely need to ring the bell as, Absolutely. The, as they used to call it back when we in our heyday <laughs> exactly are, are we washed up are we over the hill like is our heyday gone mm, no I feel like no. it's just like a, you can have more than one heyday. I think. I think we're in our second heyday. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> what is? Yeah, we're not. We're not. In, we're not episode, the traditional. We're not yeah. the traditional heyday. Right. Like, after not, this episode, I gotta look days. up why do they call it the heyday? Or is this? Or is this the glory days that we're in? <sighs> do you feel glorious? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I feel. I feel kind of. I feel kind of glorious right now. Honestly. Yeah. Glorious yes. is a. That's a big word. This is a glory. A glorious day. Glorious day. day. So we got some people to thank. Let's get we back. We do. So yeah, let's uh, let's just let's just get it done here. So we have a new top tier Patreon supporter. Um, if you are interested in joining this person at the top tier or any of the two lower tiers, um, 
hit up that uh, that nice, fancy, shiny link in the show notes that will take you to Patreon. Uh, big news, Patreon just updated their mobile app, so an entirely new interface. They also... Um, they started this thing where you can have a have like a group chat on Patreon with all of the Patreon supporters. I'm um, thinking about firing that puppy up and, and getting going and checking in with the uh, the folks over there. And um, we, as I said, we have a new member that can check in with us now. I would like to thank the newest member of the top tier, uh, Lameller Bone. I think. I hope I'm saying that correct, but a new supporter, um, you know, getting into the podcast, working their way through all of the episodes, really fired up, uh, really thankful for some of the playlists and album recommendations that we've been divvying up here at Grunge Bible HQ for years and years. So, uh, you know, they liked what they were hearing and they took the leap. And that's really all that we ask of the people out there. So if you if that story sounds similar to you. Uh, you know what to do. Head over to that link. Um, so the newest member, they join uh, the following list of top tier supporters. And at this time, I would like to thank Pile of Punk, D-Boat, Gochu John, Eric R. Berry, Sherry Matthews, Keith White, Corden Stewart, Mike McCready's Mustache, which is a name edit uh, from the former Julie Van Siever, uh, now known as Mike McCready's Mustache. Nice. Um, Epona, Granny Grunge, Faith Bittner, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Alex Long, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, What the Fuck is Up, Denny's, Doug Endy, Millie, Rachel Corning, The Blue Owl, Fuck Soup, Jamie Lynn, Lauren Irene, Jade Mercado, Alexa Shannon, and my mother, Carlene Salona. And for those curious out there, um, this time I chose to read it in reverse chronological order newest members to oldest members of the top tier so uh people people have asked me in the past how do you how do you how do you list the list and that's how i did it today so your mom is the longest standing top level so she cheated a little bit she was <laughs> she was a two dollar member back She's in the day money, money and at an, at an, yeah <laughs> and at an unknown point in time she decided to up the ante and get into the ten dollar level so um as far as the list reads um she became a patreon supporter way back in the day so that's just how patreon is serving it up to me it's perfect that's, that's great yeah. So um, thank you, everybody, that we just rattled off, and the people in the two and five that don't get their names mentioned. Um, yeah, please consider supporting us, because without you guys, who knows? Who knows if this would be worth it, you know? Who knows, man? So I think it would. I think it would be worth it. Well, Ethan, it's it's funny. So I was... Um, I went down a, uh, a Mark Lanigan rabbit hole once again yesterday, and I actually posted posted post a, a performance of his on the page because I, earlier in the day I was reading an interview and, they, and uh, the interviewer was asking him just about music and his approach. Um, and he had a quote, and I think it kind of applies to what we do here as well. So I, I'd like to read it. Um, in this interview, he said, the one thing I've always tried to do is make the music be its own reward. And by that, I mean, enjoy the process of creation, the process of playing. And I always try to take any of the extremeness shit that comes from music out of the picture. In other words, if I never made a scent, if nobody ever listened to me, I would still play music and I would still enjoy it because the music is its own reward. Um, Amen. I think the Grunge Bible podcast is its own reward. This is fun. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean... I've been playing a lot of drums these yeah. uh, past six weeks, and um, I had a conversation with a guy that I work with, and I was talking. We actually, it's it's funny because um, you know I told him I was in a band, and we started talking, and he actually brought up the same video that Drew brought up last on last week's pod, how no Chad kidding. Smith Chad Smith played um, a song that he had never heard before. He played "The Kill" by uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars, and like kind of nailed it. Yeah, and uh, he that brought was a really cool and, video. 
Yeah, it it was. It was really cool. And that's exactly how, like, you know, when I, I play music, you just put headphones in and play t- with a song. Um, right. They don't have drum tracks. They're just making it up. But, um, you know, I you know, played music, but I always say how, like, playing in high school was so fun because, you know, you're not trying to make a living. You don't have rent. Right. You don't have mortgage. Like, there's nothing. They're just playing to play. And, and it gets so tough the older you get to, like, enjoy a hobby as much because you just feel pressures all over the place. So yeah, and you're busy having, you have more obligations. Yeah. So having a passion project or something that you're not so, you know, like you said, the, yeah, the enjoyment is in, in the process. And if you never made a cent, like, like Mark said, I mean, that's, that's how you enjoy it the most. So like I'm playing, it's like, you know, I want to, I want to brush up on my skills. I'm going to be better. Not why, not because I'm like, I'm not going to record anything. You like with the it. Band. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because like at least, um, yeah, it just brings you a lot of joy and, uh, you know, that's hard. That, that can definitely be hard to find in hobbies. Sometimes you get wrapped up, but sometimes you just got to be like, you know, you just got to enjoy doing it. You know, you don't right. always have to be the best or monetize it to, uh, have mm-hmm. enjoyment. Absolutely. So, yeah. Great, great quote to start the episode. Yeah. That's a really good quote. Um, so as we move forward, I believe this is the third week that we have been commemorating this day in music history. And Ethan, and I have to fourth. say, I'm, I'm, it might be the fourth. I think um, it's the fourth. I'm enjoying this segment quite a bit. So uh, this episode uh, is going to be released on October 16th. So that is the day that we are going to commemorate. And we have an all-star cast of, of birthdays on October the 16th. So we'll start in chronological order. Um, on this day in 1938, Nico was born. Uh, Nico was actually the first artist to uh, record Jackson Brown's song, These Days. Uh, it's really good. I think Nico also did stuff with the Velvet Underground as well. Um, so, you know, a lot of lore surrounding the late, great Nico. Um, kicking it up, uh, I, I realized when I made these <laughs> I made these notes, I, I made a typo. Uh, on this day in 1947, not 1847, as I wrote the notes, although he kind of looks it, uh, mm-hmm. Bob Weir was born. So October 16th, 1947. Uh, the great Bob Weir, and that's really important. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. We love Bobby Weir. I mean, he is just a staple. He's just, uh, yeah, he's the king. He's yeah. incredible. He's happy a man. birthday to that man. Happy birthday to Bob Weir. There's so uh, much to thank from him. Yeah, they're really, we should do a Bob Weir episode at some point. Yeah, we should have him on. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, actually, out of the birthdays, uh, the next man I would like to have on. Uh, oh, on yeah. October 16th, 1960, Bob Mould was born. So the uh, the, <laughs> the man of the mighty Husker Du. Um, I love some of his solo work. Like, I was really depressed in 2020. And he has a song. I don't really know much about Bob Mould, but um, he has a song called Heartbreak a Stranger. Um, and I used to listen to that uh, way too often than anyone should be allowed to listen to a song. Um, but it's, it's got a, got a cool little licky riff kind of thing going on and, and he's got a, you know, a, a unique voice. So happy birthday to Bobby mold. Um, in 1962, this is the day that flea was born. Good old flea bag, dude. Good oh, old man. flea, man. <clears throat> and what can you say about flea, right? Dude, where would you rank him, um, as a bassist? 
He's got to be up there, man. I mean, that's I the thing. So, I, yeah. I think at this point, like the persona that Flea has, I think for a lot of maybe more casual fans of music, it kind of overshadows the incredible bassist that he is because like, oh, Flea, like he's, you know, he's naked all, he was naked all the time. He's in the Chili Peppers, he's kind of like a crazy and wild guy. Um, but dude, especially like the, the funkier stuff that they did. I mean, Flea was the bedrock of a lot of the Chili Peppers stuff and a lot of their sound. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, he's, he's definitely... You know, he's a genius. I mean, yeah. he's he's really talented and and I think I mean he's he's obviously he knows like music in and out, but he also like has this freelance side to him that like when he talks about the bass and it's so like very personal connection to the instrument that totally uh is really special and you don't see from everybody that's trying to make it from the from the best you do, but like yeah, just hearing him play and, and talk about it is always always really fun and you're just like dang this guy is like really good the whole and, band like I mean, like i said we just i just watched that video of chad smith and he was like yeah. rocking out and i was like dude he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves no. for like the passion is contagious drummer too. yeah i mean he played for the in the, at the tribute the taylor hawkins tribute and he, he like did. smashed he yeah. smashed these like rock hits i mean he's like really good but people don't really consider him as like right you know well we do we absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, we do. Nope. Exactly. The last birthday that we're going to commemorate on October 16th, 1977, John Mayer was born. And I know out there, there's a lot of people who might not necessarily be in the Mayer camp. Um, but Ethan, you and I have uh, been a member of that camp for a long time. Love John Mayer. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a king. I love that he shares um, birthday with Bob Weir. And they yeah, were able to that's play together really special. And, and keep the dead going. He got to be a part of that. I, I think that's so special for him mm-hmm. to be like an honorary member yeah. of the dead. Would you consider him to be one of the best guitarists of his generation? Yeah. Of I his generation? So. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, the rips. range that he has is unbelievable. Dude rips Dude, all the time. I, I remember this this last earlier this year, the, the last Dead & Company proper full tour that they did. I mean, I... I'm not the biggest Dead & Co fan, but I mean, I got locked into some of his work um, because those songs are, there's so much feeling behind them that you have to have inside of you living in you, but you also need the technique and the skill to let that let those feelings come to light. And and he, he he's just able to kind of, you know, take out the middleman of the mind and just let that feeling go directly into his hands, which I think is a really, really special gift. Um, and I think it's the most elusive gift to have when you're making music and, and he's got it and he's had it for a long, long time, you know, ever since, ever since he really started and, you know, with, with room for squares, which is a hell of an album. Yeah, dude. He, yeah. He's really solid. Saw him play, uh, saw him live one time and it was just, it was just amazing. I mean, yeah. I didn't know you saw John Mayer live. Mm-hmm. Yep. No kidding. Him, when was this high, in, high school or it was in college. We went to, uh, the in Cincinnati in there, okay. uh, the same place I saw Dave Matthews went, <laughs> went and caught a John concert. Nice man. And it was uh, it, it was it was just so good, dude. Did, neon. Did you, who oh, who'd you? I I don't remember this. Did you go with like the boys or? I went. Yeah, I went with uh, Will Walker. Okay. <clears throat> David Klein and uh, I think Caleb Wilt. Nice. Yeah. And I then they were the that. same group that went to the uh, Dave Matthews show. That's yeah. Sweet. Pretty. It was random. I don't remember yeah, who that brought is it up to. Yeah, to go see I, John. I really don't can't recall how it happened, but yeah, but it happened. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, saw him last year. Um, I was like last row of the arena, but it was it was still really cool. It's John Mayer, you know. Yeah, he's Absolutely. yeah. I, I think he's good. He's a good stadium guy. He can fill it out. Yeah, he totally can. 
So those are the births on October those 16th. Those are the birthdays. Yeah, we've those got are the low, hang, low hanging fruits. Low hanging now, fruit, now we'll yeah. get into the, uh, <laughs> the you know, minute, the minute you, music details of yeah, the, the years. That, that was the low hanging fruit. And, and you know that around here, we love the low hanging fruit on the Grunge Bible podcast. Um, but we also so love the small stuff, the other we, stuff. We do. So let's kick it forward. Uh, well, let's kick it forward to the next part. A um, couple of notable things that happen on this day. Um, and, and this is just, you know, this this is classic taking it to the streets. Um, on this day in 1967, uh, Joan Baez, who was obviously a very influential figure of the, uh, the 60s and, you know, the peace movement and everything like that, Joan Baez and 123 other people were arrested. Um, they were protesting outside of an armed forces induction center in Oakland, California. Uh, so the, the, the Authorities at hand hauled off 124 people, including Joan Baez, to jail um, for, you know, understandably protesting uh, the war in Vietnam and and the compulsory service at the time. And, um, you know, that activism, that's what the 60s were all about. And that's what a lot of Joan Baez's music was all about. So um, moving forward, uh, a little bit of a somber note on this day in 1972, (laughs) Creedence Clearwater Revival broke up. Damn. That's tough. Uh, yeah, this is this is uh, a shame. You know, it's a shame when bands break up. I think it's crazy that they have a specific date. I know that can be like cataloged of like, especially yeah, back is... then because now it's like whatever day like the press release is out. Like it's like oh like we broke up and that's the day the day that it hits the internet. But credence, man, uh, and Ethan, correct me if I'm wrong. A couple of months ago, you're on record on the Grunge Bubble podcast saying that John Fogarty has the best voice in rock. I think that he should be talked talked in the likes of i mean not even rock i think everybody chris you know i mean <laughs> cornell michael jackson you know like stevie nicks of the world like i mean john fogarty put john fogarty there yeah i yeah i, I he has a place among that I table mean, at that table i think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find some vocals only fogarty and you and you guys be the oh judge. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna need a a, a healthy helping yeah. um of some I mean, vocals only fogarty he will he will speak for himself you know yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then finally, the last note that we have, somebody who arguably does not have as good of a voice as John Fogarty. Um, on this day in 1992, uh, Bob Dylan and many of his very famous music friends and acquaintances uh, all teamed up at Madison Square Garden to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Bob Dylan's recording career. He got his start in 62, so back up in 92, they uh, they all got together. And uh, I, I forget... I forget who was on it, um, but there's the there's an album that came out from this show, uh, and it's on Spotify. And I remember, you know, periodically coming across some of those uh, some of the songs that were played, you know, both with Bob playing, and then you know a lot of the individuals that came came together to pay tribute to him. And those moments are always really cool because it's like you have a lot of people who, from different backgrounds, different people who come together to pay tribute to somebody and to celebrate somebody's work. Um, even cooler, obviously, that you know Bob was alive and well at the time to be able to take part in it and see everybody, um, you know, pay tribute to him. I think that's a really special thing. Yeah. I mean, he's, as a songwriter, I mean, he is one of the best of all time. Just in a, oh, yeah. probably the, one of the deepest catalogs, you know, that you're going to find out there. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, the tribute shows are, are, are really sweet. I love, uh, do you know who all, who all was there? 
um oh, that did you by chance have that like there there were a lot of uh a was lot it a of band? people there was it pretty much like everybody under the sun yes i mean i would so assume we'll, we'll run down the line so. of, of some individuals who were there um john mellencamp was there chris christopherson stevie wonder lou reed eddie vetter and mike mccready were also there uh johnny cash june carter cash ronnie wood richie havens uh, Eric Clapton, Neil Young. So, I mean, you name it. The surviving members of the band were there. George Harrison, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Roger McGinn, um, Sinead O'Connor. I mean, that's a pretty stacked lineup. That's crazy. You got Johnny Cash and Stevie Wonder and then all the rock guys. Tracy Chapman there too. Yeah. That's awesome. As as we like to say, what a lineup. What a lineup. <laughs> exactly. What a lineup. So that's everything that you need to know about October 16th in music history. Also notably, on October 16th, 2023, uh, the Grunge Bubble Podcast's 134th episode was released. I love it, dude. We can do that every week. We can do that every week. <laughs> Obviously, now trumping all of the birthdays and historical events. Yeah, that's the lowest of hanging fruits. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even have to really reach above my head for that one. It was just right it there you for in the, me. It hits you in the head. Yeah. That's <laughs> Absolutely. Good. I have to cough. That's awesome. I can't wait. <clears throat> yeah, I cough all the time on this podcast. Sorry, I, I cough. I'll, I'll click my pen. I'll do whatever I want. It's my space. Yeah. If you guys hear coughs, keyboards, or anything, that means Drew's not doing his job. (laughs) Exactly. So we do these things to test him. Yeah. So if he passes the test, you'll never know because you don't hear him. (laughs) Maybe that's the the way that you do know because you don't hear them because they do happen. They happen all the time. Uh, So... Speaking of 30-year tributes. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that. That's a, <laughs> another low-hanging fruit segue. I love um, it. But it, it lines up perfect. I mean, uh, Verse, uh, 30 years old. Uh, this yeah, is man. pretty, this the is pretty crazy. Zone. Now, we, we did do an episode uh, dedicated to the uh, to the album. Um, and that was episode, was it? It was episode 83, which we released in October yeah. of last year. About a year, yeah, a year yeah. ago. So for the 29th anniversary, for all intents and purposes. But this is 30, so we have to revisit verses. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of new, we got a lot of new listeners. So, um, and honestly, the people that listen all the time probably want to hear more about verse anyway. So, exactly. Let's talk about it. I mean, yeah, man. Yeah, 30 years is a long time, right? Yeah, 30 years is. It's older than both of us. It is older a couple than both years. of us. Yeah, and. Um, it's still, you know, it's still one of our favorite albums from from the time. And I think a lot of people, uh, I mean, people go back to 10. Do you go back to 10 or verse more right now, Chris? Um, I think I go back to 10 more often than I do verses. But there's yeah. a large contingent of people who believe and feel the verses is Pearl Jam's best album, and then it's even mm-hmm. better than ten because I know a lot of times, and I'm sure this will happen when I when I post for the anniversary uh, on October the twelfth. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that will comment and say, you know, this one was even better than ten for me, or like this was their peak. Yeah. Um, and I can I can totally see the argument for that. Uh, this is I mean, it's I think, very different. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's it, super it flexes, different. It flexes a completely different muscle for the mm-hmm. band that everybody yep. was looking for. Yeah, so, Dave yeah. Abrazis's first first turnaround in the studio with the band. Uh, Dave Cruzen had done the. Uh, the, the the drumming for 10. So it was the first time they were in the studio with Abrazis. Um, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. And and, and this is a good callback. Uh, if you're interested in uh, kind of a song by song type situation uh, for verses, you can go back and listen to episode number 83. Uh, we did a song by song, song with a lot song? of different numbers. Yeah, we went song by song. We song always by go song, song by song, except when yeah. we don't. I think yeah. we did. I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a I long, think we long did. time. I, remember, I think I remember talking about yeah, Every one of these all songs. of these songs are. You could say they're songs of note. So I wonder um, what I said about blood. 
(laughs) (laughs) somewhere somewhere in this mighty notebook ethan i have i have the show notes for this one um i just i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you where they are it might be in the old notebook because i had to switch over yeah it looks like it's not in this one but nevertheless um i mean the stats alone pearl jam obviously big big business even by 93 with the explosion of 10 in 91 and 92 in the first five days um, that this album was out on the open market. They sold 950,000 copies of it. So it almost went platinum in the first business week um, after its unreal. release, which is an unfathomable number. It spent five weeks at number one on the Billboard Top 200 chart. Um, that is to this day. And I think uh, for the rest of time, it will be Pearl Jam's PR uh, for consecutive weeks spent. Uh, unless the forthcoming album, which evidently is happening, just completely knocks the socks off of everybody in the music world. Um, and at the time of this recording, the album has been been certified seven times platinum so seven million copies have been sold here domestically that's so many <laughs> that is an unfathomable amount of copies yeah. sold and, and streaming dilutes that too obviously because i mean the amount of people that listen to it via streaming you know the last 10 years i mean that doesn't really count towards the uh the certifications so um, i think nine hundred fifty thousand, nine hundred fifty hundred, nine thousand. How do I even sit? 950,000? 950,000 copies in five days is just, yeah. that, that number For that a number while, seems, I think at, at, at a certain point and based off of some metric or like genre categorization, that was the record for like the most in a week. Um, mm. And it makes sense. I mean, because that's a ridiculous amount. And that was, you know, people going and buying physical copies of this yeah. thing, you know, all over the country at different record stores or Walmarts or Kmarts of the world, uh, wherever people were choosing to get their music from. Um, and, and then the, the track list on this are, you know, just really, really incredible. Um, and I want to even shout out a couple of the songs that didn't make this album that were cut you know during the verses recording sessions but um they all appeared later on so whipping and better man were both from this um you know this this era and this time in the studio both of which appeared on vitalogy uh, and then a personal favorite of mine personal favorite of yours i think as well hard to imagine uh was born uh during the verses sessions didn't make the album but it was included uh on the soundtrack for a movie called chicago cab a uh, mm-hmm. little bit of an alternate version relative to the one that you hear on lost dogs which came out um after the turn of the decade i think in 01 or 02 or something but um that's a really really great one uh, the reissue in 2011 featured three additional tracks that weren't on the initial release in 1993, uh, and those would be an acoustic version of Hold On. Um, I think the electric version of Hold On predates the Versus era, uh, and that's the one that appears on Lost Dogs. Um, additionally, the savage instrumental called Creedy Stomp uh, was on the reissue in 2011, as well as a Victoria Williams cover, Crazy Mary, which is one of my least favorite Pearl Jam recordings. Uh, it just... it's. It's not yeah. for me. The nice thing, though, about that one is that, that Victoria Williams provided vocals and, and some guitar work um, for the uh, for Pearl Jam's recording of it at the time, which I always think is really cool. But it's not it's not one for me. As Ethan's yawning, I'm just going to fill the space Sorry. here. That's OK. See, you know, we cough, we yawn, um, yeah. we sneeze. I tried to take, I tried we have to to take our sins out I, sometimes. I tried, yeah. yeah, I tried to shorten it up, but I couldn't. That's OK. Um, yeah. You know, I'm looking at I'm looking at you know even with the extra even you know i guess without the songs that you mentioned about five five extra songs that could have been included on the normal uh with the two that weren't on the reissue uh yeah leash elderly woman rear view uh we love obviously glorified g dissident blood um, blood um animal animal animal, stuff like that daughter um 
and and like I said, you know, comparing it to the first album, you know, it's just this is like I mean, this is it. I think this is probably more rounded, right? I mean, I would, a lot I would, of different I would say so. I mean, yeah. I, I, I you could say I mean, I mean, ten is incredible, but I think because there's a theme and it kind of sticks to it, and that's why people like it. It's because I don't want to say it's a lot of the same, but it, you know, it fits it. It has a very distinct, you know listening uh cycle and yeah. stuff and it's awesome i think it's and, very like thematically consistent yeah yeah exactly and uh and that was that's the awesome part about this album is it's it's different it's not the same and yeah it's not another 10 you know they gave us mm-hmm. something totally different and uh and they really did crush it and uh yeah i mean there's some think, good ones yeah i think when you look at this album holistically um i don't think i'm afraid to say that this is their their best this is their best work. I, I think um, this album so perfectly builds on what Pearl Jam was at the time. So obviously prior to 10, um, you know, they were not, you know, nationally, internationally known, you know, because that 10 was their first album. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and they tore the piss out of 10, you know, the, all, all of the theatrics, all of the intensity, all of the craziness. Um, that is, I think what people knew Pearl Jam to be by the time 1993 rolls around, certainly by the time Versus comes out in October of 1993. And, and, and on this album, when you listen to this thing front to back, like you can't help but feel that like that ethos that surrounded the band that they created, particularly when they were touring 10 in 91 and 92, they captured that ethos perfectly. They put it on a record and they shipped it out to the world. Um, it's just such a perfect photograph of a moment in time of what this band was. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, in some of the notes that I wrote, like, you know, what is, what's some of the theme, the themes of this album. And I think first and foremost, and above all, it's just intensity, uh, the intensity of the experience that the band was having at the time, you know, skyrocketing to fame, um, the intensity of the expectations that come with that, um, the intensity with, uh, you know, what was going on in the brains of everybody. And, you know, you're trying to make a statement and you're trying to somehow, you know, uh, build upon what you did in 1991 with 10. Um, and I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, I can't imagine having a hit anything, right? And then all of a sudden, like you you have a hit, whatever that may be. And it's like, everyone looks at you as like, wow, this hit is really cool. Like this, a hit's a hit. And then they look at you like five seconds later and like, can you do it again? Beware of the cherry pie guy. <laughs> exactly. The cautionary tale of Janie Lane. Exactly. The cautionary tale. The cautionary tale. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> luckily having an album uh, being what gets you famous as a as a whole is is not that and not as scary as one cherry pie song. But um Yeah. <laughs> not the Janie Lane. No. Um I knew you'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I, I really liked that a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I, you know, we talked about earlier, what would it have been different if this was their first album? Do you think that them, them coming off the heels of 10 was, it was like integral for this one being so successful? Or do you think that it was, this was no matter, no matter which order they went? I think sonically they could have gotten there. Um, just as musicians, right? Like their trajectory as musicians, like they were going to continue to get better. And, you know, certainly when Dave joined the fold, I think that brought a lot, you know, a lot more 
uh, intensity and power behind what the band was possible of doing. But I think in terms of the content and the inspiration behind it, you can't get this without 10 and you can't get this without the experiences that came from 10. I mean, thinking about, I mean, for example, the album wasn't always meant to be called Versus. It was going to be called Five Against One, which I believe was kind of a, a play on like, you know, it's us five against like the one of like the public who is expecting all of this of us. Um, and, you know, obviously a, a lot of what what's going on in this album, you know, lyrically and just thematically, I don't think the band would have felt um, without having had the success of 10. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, it's the perfect build. I mean, the fact anytime you're able to use like that stress and that pressure is fuel. I think that's a really difficult thing to do in any line of work or, or, or life, you know, when you've got pressure that you're able to kind of take that, turn that around and use it as ammunition. Um, that's a really, really hard thing to do. And it's a supreme accomplishment when you're able to do it. I mean, Ethan, I mean, as, as an athlete, that's something that happens from time to time. You have all of this expectation on you, whether you put it on yourself or whether other people are putting it on you or whether, you know, you need the result to, you know, earn the next, you know, next tier of money or whatever, like that's a lot. And that can, that can, that can weigh a lot on a person and negatively impact people's performance and, and people's output. And, um, you know, the fact oh, yeah. that it, it didn't and the fact that they were able to use it, um, you know, to their benefit is something that's really, really admirable even 30 years later. Yeah. The hardest year is not the year when, um, no one knows who you are, you're counted out, you know, underdog, yada, yada. The hardest year is when is the year after your first big success and you have to do it again. You have to live up to it. Mm-hmm. You got to produce a, a record that, you know, that fills the appetite for everything that people are asking for. Can they do it? You know, the expectations. So, yeah, I mean, this Mm -hmm. was a, and I, I agree. I don't think that I I think it's, I mean, 10 being the first album makes the most sense to me. I I think obviously this could have, this could have been their first, but um, yeah, the progression that they took to get to uh, this list of songs um, needs to come from, like you said, the, the crazy amount of touring and just the the theme of ten and and it being, um, yeah, just being like the album, the complete album that it was, allowed them to, yeah, grow into this album and then grow into something. So, I I think that, you know, it happened the way it should have. Of course, yeah, it I always agree. does. It's crazy too because even the the lore surrounding the recording sessions for this album perfectly tie in with that moment in time. I and mean, like the story of them having to do so many rearview mirror takes, and Dave is just exhausted, and you can hear him throw his drumsticks at the end of it. Uh, you know, and then you know the other story of Eddie Vedder like breaking out of the recording studio because like it's too nice. Like what the fuck is going on? And him going to San Francisco and sleeping in his truck. You know, to try to you know reacquaint himself with a lot of the themes of of what's going on. I mean, those, those things, I mean, 30 years later, they're near mythic status. Um, and it only kind of feeds into, you know, the, the theme, the theme of this album, um, you know, 30 years later. And, you know, for us, obviously not 30 years, but we've been acquainted with this album for a long time. We've gotten to know it really, really well. Um, you know, as we stand here today, like what are some of your favorites or what are some of the songs that that still stick out to you? I think, um, yeah, we've we've talked about a few of these like rear view and dissident a lot or glorified mm-hmm. G. I think we're on record um in talking about all these and um I also think I I probably brought up Leash. I really like Leash. Um yeah. you know, yeah. the lyrics and the intensity. I mean, it kind of has that kind of has some 10 sounds to it and um but it it really is um just an intense high intensity song and and I I love it. I love the way that Ed attacks and um 
Yeah, and probably Go. I like Go a lot, I think. As an opening track, I think it's perfect. Really yeah. good opening Go track. Go and Animal so. is such a good one-two punch to start that <laughs> album. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Daughter, Chris? I think we, we, we've talked about, we've probably talked about this well, before. Well, that, that was like, something that, that I, I want to get to in a little bit, like why the songs on this album that became popular became popular. Mm, um, and yeah. Daughter is certainly one of them. You know, it's, it's I mean, it's the first the first track that you know the Pearl Jam had had, had released cr- chronologically on their album that had an acoustic guitar, you know, taking the main stage. Um, I like it. I like it more than I like Elderly Woman. Really? Yeah, I do. I know you're not a huge Elderly Woman fan. Uh, unless, yeah, unless I mean, my, my interest in it is kind again. of uh, you know is is like the ebb, like going up, and the flow is going back, like when ebb and flow or. Yeah, so it's even it's flowing. Flow. It's it's flow. Yeah, even flow. <laughs> the the thoughts have arrived like butterflies, uh, and now they've disappeared. Um, but that's that's one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about with this. Like, I've been around this album long enough now that like the songs that were important to me when I first listened to it uh, have kind of lessened, or they're important to me for different reasons. Like, um, I feel that way with Porch off of Ten. Like for the longest time, it was like, "Hear my name, take a good look. This could be the day." Like, fuck yeah, yeah I'm gonna get out there. But now, like the lyric for that is, "The cross I'm bearing home ain't indicative of my place." And I feel the same way about Leash. You know, I remember being 19, listening to this, being like, "Fuck yeah, drop the leash. We are young. Like, get out of my fucking face." Um, and yeah. then now it's like the one that speaks to me from that is is the opening lyric, "Troubled souls unite. We've got ourselves tonight." Um, you know, just kind of like the uncertainty, like like youthful, like piss and vinegarness gives way. I think mm-hmm. at a certain point to to doubt a little bit. Um, and as you get older, I I, I can't help but feel like we all kind of grapple with that a little bit. So the meanings change, you know, and here they are evolving even even after this thing's been out for thirty years. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Like, um, you know, the songs that you listen to, you don't necessarily change which songs are important, but the right. like within the songs that you liked back then, you still you like them for different reasons. I think yeah. that's pretty that's pretty unique, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and that's the fascinating thing about music. Like th- this music is 30 years old, but to many people out there, like their relationship with it is only six months old or two years old, or even, you know, a week old. And, you know, I think that's a birth every single time for that person and their personal relationship with it. Um, and it's always fascinating for me to you know kind of pick people's brains and hear them talk about what that relationship looks like. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, let's see what else, what else, what are the, I'm trying to think of a. What are your thoughts on? Uh, are are you are you an indifference guy or no? Um, I'm indifferent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I served like, that one up for yeah, you. Yeah, I know. So, I'm. I feel like I'm. I feel like I haven't listened to it. Um, I haven't listened to it in a long time. It seems like so. Um, I would say, yeah, I'm not a huge indifference guy. Like I just, it just never really, it never was one that I kind of listened to a ton mm-hmm. unless, unless there was a time that you were sending it to me and, and giving me a bunch of lyrics to, to look at, then I probably, yeah. you know, then, then it, then it, then it will speak to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's happened. I think it's such a good concert opener or concert closer. Um, and, and the lyrics, uh, I still, it might be at this point in, in, in my life, like my favorite lyrics, I think off of, uh, off of verses, I'll hold the candle till it burns up my arm. I'll keep taking punches until their will grows tired. I'll stare the sun down until my eyes go blind. I won't change direction and I won't change my mind. How much difference does it make? Like, yeah, 
that that's, that's like that's that those are lyrics that are befitting of a second album it's like hey i'm in this thing now like there's there's no going back like i'm stuck here like you know the, the candle is in my hand now it is great that they finished the album with that like you yeah. said finish the concert they finished this album with it um i think it's top uh, tier you think so. it's top tier I think it, I think it's up there, man. I'm, I'm, right. My my goal my goal for the next couple of weeks is going to get you to not be indifferent about indifference. Uh, yeah, well, so, I, I'm I'll go listen to it. Um, go listen to it a few times tonight, and it's I'm a sure good that, uh, it's sure a good like I'll, I'll all the lights are out kind of song. Yeah, yeah. Send you really, to sleep. Yeah, that's a really in a good, good way. One. That is, you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a in a good way. It's always in a good way. Exactly. So. Um, Another another kind of point I want to talk about because it's easy for us obviously to sit here, you know, 30 years later and talk about what it means to us, but I think it's always interesting, especially with this album and the fanfare that surrounded it, um to go back and uh, take a look at what the pundits had to say about this at the time of its release. Um and some of the some of the points from some of these outlets I think are really interesting and and some of them I think hit the nail right on the head uh and some of them I think are maybe a little misguided. Um so the New York Times did a review of it um uh, and, and they said that most of the album projects individual misery as public catharsis. Um, and I love that. Like, I mean, that's what that's what great artists do. You know, they take all of the shit in their life and they kind of lay it on the altar for everybody else. And people can kind of pick and choose, you know, is that a compliment them. by them. You think? I think it's a compliment. Yeah, I think it's a challenging yeah. thing to do. Like, I mean, you figure like all of the shitty things in your life or the things that you struggle with, you know, if you can present that in such a way that it helps other people. Um, oh, I think yeah. that's that's a really, really challenging thing Big to strength. do. Yeah, absolutely. Rolling Stone, I think, was right on the money. They gave it four and a half out of five stars. Um, and, you know, and they said, you know, that, that few American bands have arrived more clearly talented than this one did um, with 10 and, and versus tops even that. And they're talking about Eddie Vedder saying that, you know, he's something that we haven't seen in a while on a heroic figure. Better still, he is a big force without bullshit. He bellows doubt. Um, and I, I kind of, you know, I think of the indifferences in the leashes of the world where, you know, he's like, well, here I am at the top of the mountain now. Like people have put me up here and like, I don't know how to get down. Like I can't get down. And like, I just have to weather mm -hmm. the wind, you know, weather the wind up here. So. Yeah, that, that is great. I love that. He's a big force without bullshit and he bellows doubt. Yeah. That's I wanna, good. I want to bellow doubt. That I sounds kind of fun. Yeah. It sounds and cathartic. That, it it does. It It does. It, he sounds like he's projecting individual misery as public catharsis. No, I mean, it really, um, yeah, that's what Eddie, that's what Eddie was. Uh, like, I mean, in his, I mean, even now, but I mean, that's, that's what he was back in the day in his prime and his peak. I mean, he really was like, um, somebody that people could look up to and get yeah. strength from and like, mm -hmm. and it would help people, you know, face doubt directly head on and yeah. like, be able to overcome it and it, yeah that's awesome it's such it's a crazy dichotomy too with like people that are able to do that and like you'll have people that listen to music and be like holy shit like you just explained everything in my life and it all makes sense now and if you were to ask somebody who was making that music they'd be like well i don't have any of the answers i don't know what the hell's going on like I, i'm so completely unsure of myself um so it's like they could they can give the one thing that they want for themselves to millions of people um but that yeah. act isn't you know it's not substantive enough to to do it for themselves you know it's the great it's the great mystery of of the song of the big beat yeah yeah 
This next review that we have um, comes from the esteemed outlet NME. And unfortunately, I, I, I was unable to find um, their entire review. Uh, I, I encountered a few dead links and some dead ends in my sleuthing uh, for this. But NME gave Versus a 4 out of 10. What do you think well, about that? I mean, first off, who who is NME? Right? Exactly. Am it's I like right? Who's Pitchfork? Like, like what? Yeah. What the hell? Um, four out of ten. That's like what? Freaking forty percent. That's failing on all. On <laughs> yes, all, Ethan. On all four fronts. out of ten is forty <laughs> percent. That's failing on all fronts. I almost doubled. Yeah. Like what's that? Eighty percent. You would you would need um, a hell of a curve to uh to pass with forty percent. Um. Yeah, I think that is a pretty weak. That's just that's just people trying to get. Uh, that's just people trying to get clicks. You know, back in the day, people trying to get you know raise excitement. That's the problem with like reviews and stuff. I mean, they can go one. They can go one of two ways. You know, they can really bolster them, or they can just be the contrarian. And I hope mm -hmm. that. And you can that's always it. tell in the first couple of sentences. I think. Oh with reviews. yeah, 100%. I, I'm very happy that I that that is not a job of mine. To speak oh, with to speak yeah. with any authority on you know what 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 albums are or are not supposed to be, um, and like we we talk about albums all the time, but like we're just two dudes shooting the shit. Like we're not authorities on this, and you know we don't want people to adopt our thoughts. No. Um, but you know the 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 bastards at NME in 1993, you know they were speaking from the pulpit, talking shit about verses, and um, now we get the upper hand. We get the last word. <laughs> That's <laughs> four right. out of ten. Some BS. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> So I have one, nothing. Yeah, exactly. I have one more review to share. Uh, this was the Los Angeles Times. They gave it three out of four stars. Um, and I love this little blurb from their review because it's so quintessentially 1993. And the review goes on to say, as a singer, Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder is closer to a Magic Johnson or a Michael Jordan in the open court. Combining power and finesse, running on pure instinct, he could go in any direction at any time, and you don't know what to do when he's coming at you. That makes him one of rock's most intriguing figures and compelling singers, and he makes Pearl Jam much more than the journeyman band it might otherwise be. And then they went on to say that Pearl Jam were still a band of limited imagination. Um mm. 30 years later, I think Pearl Jam is uh, not of limited imagination, and I certainly don't think that they would have been a journeyman band. Um, but, you know, we have the benefit of 30 years of hindsight and many more records and many more iconic yeah. moments to go. But, you know, it's it's impossible for me to... Yeah, it's that's the, that's the big unanswered question, like what I would have thought of it in 1993 if I was my age. Yeah, it is impossible. Impossible to tell and... Uh... And sometimes the best, the, I feel like the best, the only way to kind of like um, put yourself in those shoes to think about bands in the past 10 years that we were there when it was happening and what we, how we responded to maybe their second album. And if we were trying to be like, sometimes you try to over, be the, you know, you try to be like super critical because right. it's cool. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, you're just being an asshole. Like they're, you know, they were good and we knew that we should have known they were going to blow up because like, let's just be honest, like. It was yeah. a great, great couple albums. Exactly. Well, you always have those people that try to kind of get ahead of things with a hot take. So if right. they're right, if they're right, they're like, see, I told you so. Um, but then afterwards, like, you know, if they're proven wrong, they're like, oh, well, you know, like it's not, it's not what it was supposed to be. And, and I think certainly the, the LA times is in the enemies of the world might've had a, <laughs> a, a little, a little, a little sprinkle of that, you know, just like a, just a dash of that in the, in the great stew that was the music review. 
Yeah, it's interesting. LA Times, 3 out of 4, NME, 4 out of 10, and then 4.5 out of 5, all using different scales. Right. I kind of like that they use different scales. scales. Like, that's something that I don't think, like, do you think that should be standardized? Um, I mean, I, I was, yeah, I was thinking about, like, if you ask me what a good album is, I should have, like, a scale that I should, I should use, like, I should have something figured out so, so I can grade every one. I have an idea. But it's impossible. I have an idea. All right. So in baseball, which is great because this is October, the Phils are playing right now as we speak. Oh, yeah. uh, game three of the it's NLDS versus the Braves. It. They're 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 kicking ass tonight, though. They're up eight two in the seventh. Um, so hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, they'll be in the National League Championship Series against the winner of the the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Um, but in baseball, for evaluating players, there's a scale that they use called the 2080 scale. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but like 20, 20 is essentially zero and 80 is 100. So when someone's like, oh, like they've got 80 power, that means, you know, they're it's like Kyle Schwarber power, for example. But like <laughs> Kyle Schwarber's speed on the 2080 scale would probably be like a like a like a 20. Right. Um, if, that's, so, if that's the lowest. then yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I feel like we should. um Maybe if we start reviewing albums, maybe we, we kind of place them on the 2080 scale. I love it. Yeah. Why did they choose to do that? I don't know, honestly. My brother would know. Um, I could probably, I'll lifeline him for the next time we uh, we record, and hopefully I'll remember to provide an update. But it's not like, like you can't, on the 2080 scale, like as far as I know, like you can't give like 63s or like 56s. It's like, it's like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80. Like there's just, there's a finite amount of numbers that we can use. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm a proponent of the 2080 scale. Yeah. I'm in. I like it. It's like or a five, do like, five tool player. <clears throat> or we could do QBR, which I have. I really don't have any idea. What's the, I don't even know. If the, every time there's a new max every year, it's like this is the highest. Yeah. Like I've, or we could do baseball. We could do wins above replacement. <laughs> it's got great. The, Pearl Jam's versus has great exit velocity. You know, they really their barrel rate is really high. The launch angle is right where you want it to be. The yeah, the drop is really good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to do that because I, I feel like Ethan, you and I are we're in our baseball era right now, dude. It's Red Octave. I, I, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in my baseball era yeah. for sure. It's great, dude. There's nothing better. You get home, crack crack a beer, and watch the Phils. Uh, my yeah. Red Sox are out, so I'm 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 rooting for the Phils. Obviously, they have Schwarber. So mm-hmm. you're still heal, healing up from them trading Mookie Betts a couple <laughs> yeah, years ago. It is, it is what it is. I'm, I'm more upset that they didn't re-sign Kyle Schwarber after 2021, <laughs> but you know, if there was, if there was ever a place for him to end up, it was, it was with the Phils. Uh, if they know, had known at the bank, they know now. Exactly, man. Dude hits tanks. It's all you really need. Any closing thoughts on the album verse by Pearl jam that you Ver- have versus. We... Yeah. Versus. <laughs> um, Sometimes Not really. I call it verse. Verse to be a contrarian like enemy. Yeah, because like you know, when when two fighters are against, it's like verse. I don't know, but yeah, it's still verses. <laughs> That's right. We can make our own rules we'll never around know. here. You never do know. You never can tell. Um, no, I, I I feel like that was a pretty thorough uh, kind of look back thirty years later, as we said. Go back to episode eighty three if you want uh, song by song kind of kind of situation. We we got you covered there. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good record. I I always I'm I'm a big fan of any time anniversaries come up. You go and spend some time with these albums. So uh, I realize this episode is coming out a couple days after the anniversary on the twelfth. This will be out on the sixteenth. But um, even if you did go back and listen to it on the twelfth, start your Monday. You know, you start your Monday with with three things. You go with the coffee. You go with the Grunge Bible podcast. And then you roll right into verses.
In the form of nicotine. In the form of nicotine, absolutely. Yeah, we need that. Your choice. Yeah, it's up to you. If you want to include some tobacco with that too, you go right ahead. You know, we're yeah, that's that's fine. Whatever you need. So, what about you? Any closing thoughts on on the great verses? No, not really. Um, I think it's a perfect second album. I think that's the best way to best. I think that's one of the you know one of the best attributes. It just it did its it did its job. Mm-hmm. It got them, um, you know, a whole new, I don't know. It just, you know, they changed in the best way and they progressed and they, and they grew and they grew as a band mm-hmm. and, um, they should be proud, Chris. They should be proud. Uh, yeah. They did a great job. I want, I want Eddie I mean? and the boys to know that I, the, the, the Ethan Shalloway and Chris Salona are proud of them for something they did 30 years ago. I think that's yeah. going to make the difference. Oh yeah. I think it will. Well, Ethan, awesome. that's some verses. Uh, I just finished my beer. So that means uh, whether we were done or not, it's, you know, it's probably time to get going on this episode. So if you're still with us, thank you. Um, I hope you enjoyed the last 45 minutes to an hour of, of time that you've spent with us. Um, please support us. Uh, give us your money. Um, Keith White just got a couple of Grunge Bible beanies. They made their way over across the pond. He's in possession of them. Uh, that's really exciting. So you could join Keith at both as man. a top-level Patreon supporter and a uh, possessor of Grunge Bible merchandise. Um, Ethan, after the show, or sometime later this week, I got to talk to you. I got some ideas for some... Uh, some some merch some merch stuff so hopefully we're gonna get That's some awesome. get some new shit coming to light. I thought you were gonna here. say you you could join Keith White and I thought you were gonna say on an expedition because he you know he even leads better. expeditions he, yeah he, he leads does. hikes hikes and yeah, stuff and it's really and awesome. I'm sure I'm sure that he he got those and you said he got multiple so yeah, he's got multiples it's it's for the crew dude yeah. I, I guarantee he's gonna be wearing we it on we, a hike. we got we got to get out there and a go summit on. yeah oh yeah I'd, we I'd get out there I would with Keith. I would love. That's like I would the, love that's to. the cool thing though, Ethan. Like we've gotten to know a lot of people through the page. Like a lot of these people do some pretty cool shit. Oh my gosh, yeah. It, like cooler than us. Yeah. Well, cooler than pretty me. Not, maybe not cooler than you. You're a professional <laughs> javelin thrower, but definitely cooler than me. <laughs> uh, dude, you play you play uh, slow pitch softball. That's and true. You, well, and, I'm playing in a you... tournament this weekend, October 14th. <laughs> the boys are back. See, you're still playing, dude. Not everybody's playing right now. Make Schwarber. Not everyone's playing right now. You're right. Absolutely. Just you and the Phillies. Exactly. So that's pretty much the spiel that I have. Uh, Do you have any other thoughts before we get to our songs of the week? No, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for these songs of the week. Yeah. And then we'll cut you guys loose for the week. Class will be dismissed. That's right. Remember, we dismiss you, though, not the bell. That's right. That's also right. Exactly. So, do you so have a, do you have, you have a song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> not this time. Yeah, I think I do. Um, okay. And I don't think that we've included this band on the songs of the week. So that's kind of exciting. That is exciting. Um, but Slaughter Beach Dog, nice, uh, released an album uh, recently called crying laughing waving smile smiling and um, it's really it's just really solid I've been listening to them I have a you know a 30 minute commute to work uh, these last couple of weeks you know before the sun comes up and it's like it's such a good band to listen to when you don't really want to like you know I you know it's not podcast time I can't I can't hear the people get to I mean you know unless it's a grunge pop podcast but like right you know, but if it's like, you know, I'm falling asleep, like I need, I need some sort of music, like, you know, there's some really good soundtracks, but you, you know what I'm talking about. You need specific music for, yeah. um, 
I gotcha. You know, for that time. So really, I kind of want to like, I so their song um, that's doing really big off that is Summer Summer Windows. But I really want to just uh, put the whole album up there for you guys. So um, yeah, Slaughter Beach Dog. And uh, just check out the whole new album and um, enjoy listening. And like I said, uh, Summer Windows, I think is, I'm assuming maybe it was their single, but um, that one's that one's really solid. So, but there's some, yeah, like I said, there's just some great stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you listen to them, Chris? I do actually. I mean, it's it's Jake Ewald's project, kind of postmodern baseball, which is yeah. really, really yeah. incredible. I, I love Mobo. Uh, and I do, I do really, really like Slaughter Beach Dog. Um, I haven't listened to the new album. I saw that it came out. Um, so it's been on my list of, uh, you know, of songs that I gotta, I gotta take a look at. So I'm yeah, gonna, you'll definitely like I'm gonna it. be doing that. My favorite song of theirs is from their 2017 album, Birdie. It's called Phoenix. It's kind of like a really, really slow kind of kind of you know intimate type song which is another good kind of day ending song so um yeah. thank you for reminding me about this it's uh, i forgot about it it came out like a, like a week ago or something and i mm-hmm. just yeah, kind of lost, lost track of time oh yeah absolutely that's what that's we're awesome. here for yeah man that's great so just like or or that meme where it's like uh <laughs> When you finally listen, when you finally listen to the band that your buddy's been telling you about for three months and you're like writing all these notes and stuff yeah. and say, that's literally us. <laughs> it's like you're, you're getting ready to tell your buddy about a band that he told you about six months yeah, ago. That's it. That's it. That's it. And we've done that all the time. Like, uh, I'm like, we've done that so many times where I'm like, Ethan, like, you got to check this shit out. And you're like, I know I sent this to you in June. <laughs> Pull the Uno reverse card on so on you good. real quick, but you know, you always end up where you're supposed to be musically in time. Sometimes the road is just a little longer, so mm-hmm. you need to you need to experience it for yourself before in the time. Yeah, and in, in the time and place, you know, we're 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 yeah. men of our time and kings of our day. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way that it goes. Present tense living, absolutely. Is it my right, turn? You're up, Chris. All right. Um, so it is October, as we all know, and uh, that means one thing. That means I am firmly re-entrenched in my pop punk emo, you know, era. I He's am back. Just, I'm full bore. I'm thinking about Put getting the word a bu- out. I'm thinking about getting like many small tattoos on my body, like and like become like a pop punker and like start wearing like the yep. really low cut vans with like the like all, with like the the, the mid calf yeah. socks and everything. All flash sale tattoos, the ones that exactly. take twenty minutes. Yeah, just a bunch of jammers all over the arm, you know. A couple um, rocket ships, skellies. Exactly. So I feel like I need to do that. So in the uh, in the parlance of our time, if you will, uh, I'm going to pick a song by a band from Massachusetts called The Hotelier. Um and it is it is called Among the Wildflowers. I heard it. Um, I heard it on some some playlist. Um, a couple of um, I don't remember, like a week ago or something like that. But it's from their album called Home, like no place is there. Um, and it's just a really really good kind of like pop punk like in your feels song. The lyrical content of that album is really great. And a fun fact, um, another song on that album is called Your Deep Rest. So it's kind of like a like a play on words of You're Depressed. Um, mm. That was going to be my song of the week on, a, on an episode like a year and a half ago. But I pulled it because I think we were doing an album review um, at the time. And I decided to pick uh, a song from the album that we were reviewing. So, uh, But I'm going back to it. I'm picking the song Among the Wildflowers. Um, it's just a really, really great song for the fall. There's something about that pop punk in the fall combined that like you know kind of makes you it really really accentuates that feeling of like just like trying to hold on to summer and like your earlier youth days 
mm-hmm. but you, you can't. So you just listen to pop punk and, and emo and you feel sad about it a little bit until the winter comes. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that sounds good right about now. Yeah, it hits. <laughs> it hits oh, like yeah. a cold beer in a Phil's game. <laughs> oh, man. Cold yeah, beer man. in a cold day. Absolutely. Cold coffee on a warm day. Yeah. <laughs> hot coffee on a hot day. Cold beer in a cold day. Absolutely. Nice Your and easy. choice. Should okay. we dismiss the class? Yep, we're going to cut you guys loose. Thank yeah. you so much, everybody, for listening. My name's Ethan Shalloway. This is Chris Salona. <laughs> the post introduction is in case you forgot. Yes, dude. I'm trying something new, dude. And this is trying... episode 134 of the Grudge Bible podcast. Let them cook. Let the boys cook. <laughs> Let, Let the boys cook. cook. Ethan, this how are we Ethan doing Shall- today? Let's let's do a check-in. <laughs> this is Ethan Shalloway signing off. <laughs> <laughs> this is Christopher Salona, and I will see you on the dark side of the moon. The dark side of the moon. Later, guys. All right, get out of here.